Hello, my Rebels. Today, I take you through the logic of allowing lockdown extremists to break the lockdown to go watch an NHL hockey game. How did that happen? I thought it was only frontline health workers who were allowed. How did it turn out that CEOs of hospitals and members of the Premier's health roundtable made their way in? I'll show you some of the quirky things. That's ahead. Before I do, let me invite you to become a subscriber to Rebel News Plus. That's a video version of this podcast. I think it's, how could it not be better? Because you got all the goodness of the podcast, plus the visual accoutrement, the, the video clips, the, the photos, the images, the, the quotes from stories. So I think it's super duper. We put a lot of effort in the video, and I hope you enjoy it. Just go to rebelnews.com, click subscribe. It's only eight bucks a month. You get the video version of this podcast, plus Sheila Gunn-Reed, plus David Menzies, plus Andrew Chapados. That's a lot of content for eight bucks a month. What's that, about half the price of Netflix? And it's the only place you're going to get this kind of independent stuff. All right, here's today's show. Tonight, the lockdown class is giving itself an exemption from its own rules. Do you care? It's June 1st, and this is the Ezra Levant Show. Why should others go to jail Why? when you're a biggest carbon consumer I know? There's 8,500 customers here, and you won't give them an answer. The only thing I have to say to the government about why I publish it is because it's my bloody right to do so. There was an NHL game in Toronto last night. I didn't check, but obviously Toronto lost. Um, there was a twist, though. The Premier, Doug Ford, in an act of beneficence, he announced that several hundred frontline health workers will be allowed to watch the game in person. We have such a benevolent leader. He's so kind to us. Well, not to us. And well, maybe it wasn't actually him that gave the gift. Here's the announcement about it. Have you ever seen so many weird weasel words? Look at this. He said, following discussions with the chief medical officer of health, Toronto Public Health and Hospital Partners, I'm happy to announce that they have signed off on allowing 550 fully vaccinated frontline health workers, including hospital and long-term care staff, to be invited to attend game seven of the series. Okay, so who made the decision again? So it's not quite clear, is it? Then again, I don't think many politicians in Canada have been making the decisions in a year. I mean, take it from Doug Ford himself. I'm going to be very frank. There's no politician in this country that's going to disagree with their chief medical officer. Uh, they just aren't going to do it. They might as well throw a rope around their neck and jump off a bridge. They're done. I'm telling you the facts. It's very simple. Yeah, Doug Ford knows his place. But I suppose this is the first deployment of the vaccine passport in Ontario, isn't it? We know that depending on the hospital or health unit, up to half of doctors and nurses are refusing to take the vaccine. I wonder what they know that we don't. And it's not just here in Canada. I mean, half of Anthony Fauci, St. Fauci's own staff, refused to take the vaccine too. What percentage of the employees in your institute, your center of your employees has been vaccinated? You know, I'm not 100% sure, Senator, but I think it's probably a little bit more than half, probably around 60%. Huh. But now you have a vaccine passport exclusive sports event 
in Toronto, but was it really frontline health workers? That was the phrase, frontline, that means someone who actually handles patients, workers, so grassroots, not managers, sort of the proletariat, not fancy pants working from a fancy office far away from the actual daily grind, maybe working from some Caribbean island like Doug Ford's cabinet does. But because, because look at this, what's this, what's this, what's this? Here's a political doctor on the provincial government's health roundtable. He's constantly banging the drum for stricter lockdowns. Here's just a taste. And, you know, whether you're on the trading floor right now in a non-essential job, something that doesn't, for which the capital markets do not rely upon, or if you're vying for managing director and you think your boss needs to see you in the office, this is not the time for that. Uh, because you can get this at work. The variant is a completely different disease, and it's taking down people in their 20s, 30s, and 40s. That's what I'm seeing on the front lines. So we need to redefine what is truly essential, and those with the power to do so should allow their employees to work from home. Got it. So, hey, everybody, especially you young people, you hardworking people, you must stay at home. Companies must have you stay at home, except for him when it's party time. Check this out. Thankful to MGH Toronto, Maple Leafs for this opportunity. The worst is well behind us. The future is promising. And all it took was from free tickets. Hang on, doctor, doctor lockdown, doctor shutdown, doctor stay at home order. So you went there? You, you went there. A, a political doctor who's been the chief lockdownist. But I thought it was just for frontline workers. But, but the bosses now, too? I'm shocked. Oh, and, and here's, here's Barb Collins. Thank you to Ontario Health and to Doug Ford for supporting our healthcare workers as they have supported each patient that has come through hospital doors with care and compassion during this pandemic. In this together. But hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. That's Barb Collins. She's not a frontline worker. She's the CEO of a hospital. And here's her place on the official sunshine list. You know what that is, eh? That's government workers who make more than 100 grand a year. She literally makes more than $600,000 a year to run a government hospital. She's the CEO. She's not a frontline worker. What's she doing there? Well, this is the millionaire lockdown class giving themselves a very special night out. Here's more from Doug Ford's announcement. This small token of appreciation doesn't measure up to the sacrifices they've made during COVID-19, but it is an opportunity for us to recognize their heroic efforts. Has, has Barb Collins made a sacrifice? Because I haven't seen it. Has she put in a heroic effort? Because she got a $65,000 raise over the pandemic. Did, did you get a $65,000 pandemic boost? <laughs> this past year? Is, is she a frontline worker? Because that's, that's who I heard was, was going. I love this part of Ford's announcement at the end, as if Ford even read it, let alone wrote it. There's nothing Team Ontario can't do when we're all working together. Sure we are. Yeah, we're all together on this. As in the public health bosses, the lockdownists, the millionaires, they're all going out for a party, a great night out. And our place, well, we're in it together, we get to stay at home and watch it on TV. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. That, that, that's not six feet apart. That's more like a foot and a half apart. That's illegal for you and me to do. Our head of video here, Rebel News, Efrain Oswaldo Flores Monsanto, literally got a ticket for shaking 
someone's hand with a mask on, by the way. Look at this. I had the uh, ticket made up inside when I saw you out here. So what were they doing exactly when I was talking to one of the protesters here? walking around, getting within three meters. Oh, that's how it is. Well, so if I just talk to someone, that's within two meters? I also watch you shaking their hand. Oh, that's, that's oh, I guess I'm breaking oh. the law there. Okay, you got me there. Yeah, you, you don't really think the rules apply to the fancy people the same way they apply to the regular people, do you? These are the folks that lock you down and then go fly to the Caribbean or go to an NHL game. But it's okay. Science says it's okay. These are the folks who ban your kids' hockey, but let NHL millionaires play for the delight and profit of NHL billionaire owners. Oh, and look at this. Look at this story. Ottawa set to approve NHL travel exemption that requires strict testing and hotel bubbles. I love that wording, eh? When it's something embarrassing, the media always says, Ottawa did it, or the feds did it, or the government did it. But if it's something great, it's always Trudeau who did it. You ever notice that? Ottawa is a city, actually. It's not approving anything. But hey, guys, it's really strict testing, and there's bubbles. So don't go thinking this is some special favor for millionaires. No, it's really strict, guys. No, seriously. There's some real gems in this story reported with an absolutely straight face by the CBC state broadcaster. NHL personnel were granted a special dispensation before this year's trade deadline in April to serve only a seven-day quarantine. The federal government also issued an exemption to that mandatory 14-day quarantine period for NHL players and team staff to return to Canada for training camp under <laughs> national interest grounds in December. Got it. This is like a military uh, decision or something. It, it's you know, national security, folks. We've got to get these hockey players. Back. They've got to be allowed to skip the 14-day quarantine. Your health is less important than their convenience. So they have to skip the quarantine. I, I'm sure you'll understand. Now, I thought this was supposed to be very dangerous. Uh, to them, to us, whatever. How, how are these precious people, how dare Trudeau oppose, expose them to the risks of COVID? Or is it us? He's being, I don't know. Who exactly is being put at risk? If they're skipping quarantine, isn't, isn't it you and me that's being put at risk? Because Trudeau wants to see some hockey players? We sent our David Menzies to the Toronto hockey game last night. Here's some of the excuses made by the fans. Why the double standard? It's the most powerful thing in the world. Money, I guess. Money. Because it ain't love, so it's money. But, sir, I, you have to educate me here. I've been told since day one, it's all about the science. It's the hey, 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 <laughs> hey, I'm with you guys. We, we, we know the game. We know what's happening around here. Yeah. I, I'm standing with you guys. You know, I respect the other people's opinions. I'll let them do what they want to do, stand what they want to stand for. It's understandable. You know, we got to fight what we want to fight for in the most respectful way possible. And, um... You know, at the end of the day, the higher-ups are making their money, and that's why they're going to let these major leagues continue doing what they're doing versus the smaller, you know, I grew up my whole life playing, you know, double-A, um, you know, and, and up and up and up through my hometown and, you know, church leagues and, 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 you know, house leagues and that kind of stuff. And no one's playing that back home right now in smaller cities, obviously because of corona, right? But the millionaires can play, so... It's a matter of status. We live in a world that has to do with greed, right? But, but why can't our kids play hockey right now at the same time? I mean, the professionals have been playing all winter long in the regular season, right? Because it adds to the economy. Oh, okay, so it's about money then. It's always about Absolutely, money. Okay. Yeah. So it's not about the science then? No. <laughs> Although we pay a whole lot for our kids to play play hockey. Okay then. The, yeah, I don't but know what to say. about science yeah. at the end of the day, right? The only reason I'm here today is because of science. It's because of all the vaccines that went through in this Canada. 
because millionaires they pay a lot. Oh, so one one rule for them, one rule yeah, for us. Yeah. Yeah. It's ridiculous. I guess twas ever thus, eh? Yeah, it's ridiculous. They should make it even for everybody. We're told because of the science we can't have organized team sports, including hockey yet. I mean during the pandemic. That's right. Yeah. During the pandemic. Yeah. Well, that is a little fugger, eh? Yeah. I guess the big guys got money to pay for all the all the security and everything. Make sure you're within six feet. Okay then. And it's Although I saw the Montreal faster too, because they got the money. <laughs> Listen, I think they should be able to go to a game. I don't think it's dangerous for them, really. I think the whole thing's overblown. Uh, these players are healthy young people, probably the top 0.01% in terms of healthiness. They focus their whole life on fitness. Uh, the game's in a huge building. And the fans, I mean, sure, some of them are out of shape, but there's not a lot of 80-year-olds with multiple serious underlying health conditions. That's who gets sick from the virus. That's who dies from it. That's just not who's going to watch hockey at 10 grand a ticket. I just think your kids should be allowed to play hockey too. And you should be able to watch too. And you should be able to go to work. Unlike that doctor who says workers have to stay home, but I'm going to party. Look, I, I don't think just the privileged lockdown class should have these privileges which even in this case is rigging the rules so they personally benefit. The frontline workers, I didn't see any, did you? But who's kidding whom? The millionaires are what's important, so they can meet up. <laughs> you see this? It's a story in the Toronto Star. They say that the Premier, Doug Ford, he won't even let schools open. I guess, unlike the NHL, they don't have the right lobbyists, do they? with us for more. In the past 10 plus years, we have visited every corner of Hubei province. We explored dozens of undeveloped caves. Lucilia Saracata. Lucilia Saracata. Lucilia, I'm guessing Lucilia is from the Latin for light. I'm guessing it's a, a firefly. Sericata, let's see. Common green bottle fly. Okay, I, I should stop pretending that I know Latin. Keep going. 300 types of virus vectors. But I do hope these virus preserved for, oh, go back, go back, go back. I was looking at the, I was looking at the names instead of reading the words. But I do hope these virus samples will only be preserved for scientific research. Keep going. And will never be used in real life. Well, you know what? Um, that's what we call foreshadowing people. That's what we call foreshadowing. That's a dramatic moment. I hope these viruses will never be used in real life. Keep going. Because humans need not only the vaccines, but also the protection from the nature. Pause. Nearly 2,000 types of viruses have been discovered by Chinese CDC authorities over the last 12 years. Only 2,284 types of viruses had been discovered worldwide over the 200 years prior to China's discovery. 
They're very proud. They're a virus superpower. That's an incredible clip from a government-produced propaganda video in China boasting about how Wuhan researchers had discovered more viruses than the rest of the world combined. And there you saw one of their intrepid bat catchers going into caves, trapping bats and the ticks on them, and bringing that back to the lab to work on those viruses. Is it possible that what we call COVID-19 came from such a lab? That's one thesis, the alternative being it leapt from animals to people naturally. Well, our friend Gordon G. Chang has a major essay on this subject in Newsweek magazine. The article is called Stop China from Getting a Civilization-Killing Pathogen. You can follow Gordon at Gordon G. Chang on Twitter, and he joins us via Skype now. Gordon, great to see you again. Congratulations on your piece in Newsweek. I am actually a little surprised that such a uh, large reputation legacy media company like Newsweek would publish a pretty edgy piece. I'm impressed that they allowed you to, to put a controversial thesis because very recently, this would be something that would get you banned or deplatformed for even talking about. Yes, the, the national conversation has changed so much in the last couple of weeks. And, uh, you know, it, it's really hard to say what, why, but I think that just the weight of evidence now points to a lab leak. And, and part of it is, uh, you know, the World Health Organization mission to Wuhan in January and February. It was evident that Beijing did its best to prevent the WHO from learning anything, especially those 174 patient cases that the WHO investigators thought could actually lead to the origin of the disease. Well, Beijing just stiffed them. Huh. And so, you know, you do this long enough and eventually people start to figure it out that, yeah, Beijing has something to hide and it must be the lab. This felt fairly partisan. I mean, I think one of the problems during the Trump administration is that Trump would say something and whether it was reasonable or not, a whole uh, counterweight, Democrats, but also other institutions in the media would take the opposite view just to be contrarian to him. And, and I know when he said the phrase China virus and when he blamed China, I felt like that itself caused a reaction because no one wanted to agree with Trump. And I note that under Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, there was sort of an intelligence uh, project to, to look into this. Joe Biden nixed that, but I understand from reading in your article that Joe Biden has actually issued his own order to the U.S. intelligence community to get info on the, the roots of this virus within 90 days. So it, it's almost like Biden himself is reviving Trump's thesis. Is that an accurate statement? Yes. Uh, May 26 was an extraordinary day because we started the day with that CNN reporting that the State Department spiked its own investigation into the origins of the coronavirus, as you just said. Then there was this uproar. And then later on, Biden had to issue his order to the intelligence community to come back in 90 days to talk about what they knew hmm. about the origins. I, I think that when Biden woke up on Wednesday, he had no idea that he was going to do this, you know, because one of the things is he really has not been interested in the origins of this disease. In February, he spent two hours, two hours on the phone with Xi Jinping. And by Biden's own admission, 
he didn't raise the issue of COVID-19. So, um, you know, Biden has been has been dragged into this um, and the American public isn't going to let him go. Wow. Well, you know, I I mentioned earlier that I was impressed that Newsweek ran this piece. Uh, I suppose it's becoming normalized if Joe Biden himself wants answers. I guess that gives permission to a lot of folks to talk about it. But it's been difficult until now. I mean, Facebook, um, which throttles a lot of reporting, they regarded it as a conspiracy theory. And we live a lot on YouTube. YouTube has page after page of rules of what you cannot say about the pandemic, including disputing certain aspects of its origin. Same thing with Amazon. I think that's just as scary. It's, it's one thing for officials not to be interested, but when people express interest, for the tech giants to come in and and censor it. Why do you think that is? Why is Facebook, which is banned in China, why is Facebook so concerned uh, about this theory of the origins of the virus that until like two weeks ago, they were banning anyone from speculating on it? Ezra, you stumped me. Hmm. Um, I don't know the answer to that. Um, I fear the worst that really that this was a partisan um, posture that they took. They wanted to protect um, the Democratic Party. They, I, I don't know. Um, but whatever it was, it's not good. Because um, as you point out, you know, they um, censored um, information. They censored views, which now very well could very well be right. And, and I think are right. So this is, this is a very serious situation. And why they did it... Um, we're just going to have to ask Mark Zuckerberg and other people. You know, you, you did some excellent writing in Newsweek. Another grand title with a very long reputation in American journalism is Time magazine. And I see news today that Time took close to a million dollars from China, didn't disclose it, but ran a long series of very pro-China articles and and the the full truth of the matter has only come out now now i know that china daily often does this they buy inserts they're fairly usually marked as being infomercials they still have an impact of course because they're they're well written and they're written with the western mind and the, they they are propaganda that's for sure but in time's case i think they concealed some of it um, is that really what it's about is that why you know john cena the hollywood actor had a blubbering apology? Is that why the NBA will criticize America by not trying? Is it just money or is there ideology underneath it too? Yeah, there, there could very well be ideology, but certainly it's money. Um, you know, John Cena, um, that was a horrible episode. Um, and, but you know, one thing, Ezra, is that the universe works out as it should. There is karma. There is a God in heaven because F9, the movie that Cena was promoting actually has done very poorly in China. So, um, you know, the gods have made sure that uh, everything worked out well in the end. Yeah, it's very tough for studios to deal with China. I know that uh, Mulan, when Disney tried very hard to appease China, they even had a shout out to the Xinjiang security forces. That film, for whatever reason, fell afoul of the of the bosses in China. Um, but I guess it's still lucrative enough that Hollywood executives, sports executives, they think they're clever enough to be able to negotiate their way 
to financial success in China. I mean, it's such a big prize. I can see why they're motivated to do it, but so easily they can step on the wrong, you know, political landmine like John Cena does. It's a risky business trying to trying to make a buck in China while being politically in tune with the dictatorship. Yes, and, and some of these actions are reprehensible. So you mentioned um, the credits in the Mulan, um, and they actually thanked um, the security bureau in that locality, which also runs a concentration camp. So um, this was uh, disgraceful. Um, and as well, the NBA, you have uh, stars who endorse Nike, um, and Nike um, was make, having a choose made in a facility in Qingdao um, through a contractor. But nonetheless, Nike knew what was going on, which was basically slave labor. Hmm. Uh, and it was not just slave labor. It was the slaves of a racial minority. Hmm. So here you have LeBron James, for instance, lecturing us about all sorts of things where he is endorsing um, a company that is engaged in slave labor. And indeed, LeBron James himself um, criticized uh, the general manager of the Houston Rockets for the, that tweet about supporting the protesters in Hong Kong. So LeBron James standing for a regime committing genocide and crimes against humanity needs to be called out. Yeah. Let me ask you one last question. I, uh, I think a fair bit about Taiwan because it knew what was going on with the COVID-19 virus before most because it had a bad experiment, experience trusting the World Health Organization, trusting Chinese uh, reporting about uh, the SARS virus. So I think Taiwan got through COVID with some of the lowest death rates in the world, frankly. I'm worried about Taiwan because uh, it, Beijing is so belligerent these days, and I, and I fear that Biden is showing some weakness. Is there any evidence that Biden is standing by Taiwan? Is there anything in terms of sailing uh, the U.S. Navy uh, nearby or providing military sales to Taiwan? Can you give me any hope that uh, the Biden administration is standing with Taiwan in these troubling times? Well, the U.S. Navy has stepped up its operations in around Taiwan in the South China Sea, um, which is a good thing. Um, and uh, Biden actually invited Taiwan's representative in Washington to the inauguration, something that hadn't been done in, in four decades. So that's that's good. Um, what question is, what will Biden do if, if China threatens military action? Um, we just do not know. Yeah. Um, and we heard from Kurt Campbell, his Indo-Pacific czar, um, say that he wasn't going to change the policy of strategic ambiguity, which I think is no longer appropriate because it's obviously not deterring China. Yeah. Well, I'm glad to have your wisdom. And I want to recommend to, to everyone, if you haven't read it yet, go to Newsweek.com and read the essay by Gordon. It's called Stop China from Getting a Civilization Killing Pathogen. And of course, You've got to follow Gordon on Twitter at Gordon G. Chang. Uh, I really rely on you, Gordon, for your wisdom and experience. And thanks for taking the time to come on our show. Good luck out there. Oh, well, thank you so much, Ezra. Right. I really appreciate the opportunity. Well, it's our pleasure. There you have it, Gordon G. Chang. Stay with us. More ahead. Welcome back on Avi's confrontation with police in Australia. Rob writes, Avi, you are my hero. Rebel shows us how to keep fighting for freedom. 
That was my favorite video, maybe our favorite video ever. He was so good, wasn't he? Incredible. He made the police turn around, but he, that top cop would not apologize. He's so stubborn. Lisa writes, I'm so proud of Avi. He's down there without the nearby support of the other rebels, but it's so heartening to see the Aussie people stand with him. Fantastic job, friend. I feel the distance uh, acutely. It's very hard to stay in touch with someone in Australia because the time zones are almost exactly opposite. But I should tell you that every single day we have a video call with the staff with Avi, really just built around him. Now, I mean, we talk about other things too, but we have a regular staff meeting at 10 a.m. every day. Avi's sleeping at that hour, so we don't wake him up. But then at 5 p.m., we have a 15 or 20 minute meeting, the main purpose of which is to say hi to Avi. See how he's doing, have him hear what we're up to, share a few laughs. It's on a video call, it's on Skype. And it, I think, is a key for him to feel like he really is part of the team. He has a couple of allies down there. He's got a guy with a cameraman, he's a guy with security. But we do help him with other things. Um, he's very self-sufficient, very self-directed, takes a lot of initiative. He edits his own work, he does a lot of his own writing. So he's he really is um, independent in terms of his skill set but we do try and support him from up here. I'm glad it's worked out so well, and it's no surprise to me that he won our Viewer's Choice Award for Best Rebel last year. Well, that's our report for today. Until tomorrow, on behalf of all of us here at Rebel World Headquarters, see you at home. Good night, and keep fighting for freedom.